0: Legal and ethical considerations in the field of pharmacy. Let's go to the bench. Legal news,
1: information and interviews from Collins & Lacey, a leading South Carolina defense firm for construction, workers' comp, hospitality, retail, trucking, professional liability, mediation, government and ethics matters. The views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect that of Collins & Lacey, its management or employees. This is The Legal Bench.
0: And welcome to The Legal Bench. I'm Michael Burney, Director of Business Development for Collins & Lacey Defense Firm in Columbia, South Carolina. And with me today is Attorney Robert Peel, Chair of our Professional Liability Practice Group. And Rob has a special guest to help us understand the legal and ethical considerations for practicing pharmacists in South Carolina. Rob? Thanks, Mike. We are pleased to have Dr. Addison Livingston with us today. Dr. Livingston is a as a lifelong resident of South Carolina. He received his Doctor of Pharmacy degree in 1997 from the University of South Carolina. He's the co-owner of Hawthorne Pharmacies located in the Midlands of South Carolina. Throughout his career as a pharmacist, he has served patients as a retail pharmacist, consultant pharmacist, and compounding pharmacist. He joins us today as chair of the Board of Pharmacy for the South Carolina Labor Licensing and Regulation. Dr. Livingston, thanks for being with us today, and please share us your road to becoming the Board of Pharmacy chair.
1: Rob and Michael, thank you for having me today. Um, I guess... Twenty-some years ago, when I was in pharmacy school, I never would have imagined that I would be the chairman of the Board of Pharmacy. That was something that was not planned out. Um, I had an opportunity some 12 years ago to run for the uh, second congressional district seat here in South Carolina and uh, did so um, really kind of um, following the steps of one of my mentors and uh, was able to... Be elected to that seat uh, by the pharmacists in the second congressional district, and then subsequently being appointed by um, at that time Governor Sanford. And uh, th- throughout that time, as you progress in, in, in seniority, the most senior member of the, of the uh, board is the chairman. So I, I was the um, ha- have now been the chairman three different years, uh, not uh, sequential years, but three different uh, times. There, in my career there at the board. And so I'm finishing up my 12th year. Uh, there's, um, uh, you can only have two six year or, or serve two six year terms. So this is my final year on the board of pharmacy. So I am the chairman and I'm proud to, to, to um, have represented the, the people of South Carolina in that position.
0: That's very interesting, and uh, thank you for your service. Uh, you've given us a list of areas where pharmacists should be mindful in their practices to have the highest ethics and uh, and under the standards of care. Well, let's review those one at a time. First, help us understand how fraud, waste, and abuse can be an issue in pharmacy.
1: Well, when I started my career um, in the late 90s, this was something that was a, a, a more of an ethical concern than a legal concern, and and I would say that uh, some of the ethical issues have been codified, and uh, now it's both an ethical and a legal concern. But there is still a, a ethical uh, issues there. So, I'll give you just a, a, an example of something that uh, that pharmacists uh, face on a day to day basis is, you know, you call in for a refill, you decide that, uh, or the pharmacist fills that medication for you, they put it in the wheel call bin, and you never come pick it up. Uh, what does that pharmacist do? He, he has now an ethical and a legal responsibility after 14 days to go through his will call bin uh, and, and reverse that claim that he's built to, to, to the he or she is built to the insurance company and put that medication back in stock. Um, you know It would be very easy for someone to just dump those tablets back in a stock bottle and not reverse that claim. And that would be a, a concern. Um, we have a ethical um, responsibility to make sure we're not wasting health care dollars, that we're not recommending uh, medications uh, to be used for a particular therapy that would be more expensive just because maybe the pharmacy is reimbursed more. So there are, there are real concerns. And, and, and today, every person that works in a pharmacy is required if you're going to bill Medicare uh, Part D for any medications, which every pharmacy, I would think, is is doing so you have a responsibility to train each one of your employees on fraud, waste, and abuse on a yearly basis.
0: Pharmacists have an, have ethical responsibilities to patients, whether in, in a treatment or retail environment. What is important for pharmacists to be mindful as far as ethics?
1: Well, the first thing is to remember that uh, we're here for the patients that we serve. Uh, we, we view ourselves as a provider for health care, uh, tell you, some of the payers still review us or, or kind of view us as a commodity-based business. And what I mean by that is that we're paid for the product that we sell, and we're reimbursed for that product. Uh, but we provide a service to these patients. Uh, there's counseling that's involved. It's a legal responsibility to go over your, you know, the medication with a patient when they come in. And, and so we're, we're here for patients. And, and what that means, and, and it's kind of been evident throughout the, the pandemic that we're in now. Is that you know we have to have our doors open. We have to come to work. We can't. Uh, one of the first things with the pandemic is, hey, how do we make sure we ensure the continuity of care that we provide to our patients? These patients are getting life sustaining medications from us, and so so we're here for for those patients, and we have we have a responsibility to be here for those patients. Um, from a from a regulatory perspective, some of the things that, that um, I see from time to time is you know a patient has a legal right to have the pharmacy of their choice, and so pharmacists um, sometimes patients will want to transfer the prescription from one pharmacy to the other, and, and we get uh, uh, complaints that are issued to the board from other pharmacists where hey one pharmacy decided or one pharmacist decided they would not transfer a prescription, and it's important that we remember that uh, we're here to serve the patients. And so they have that right to, to the, use the provider of their choice. And so we have to make sure that uh, all pharmacists remember those ethical responsibilities of being there for the patient.
0: One of the topics that you've shared with us is workplace conditions. Uh, tell us how this can be a factor in ethics and standard of care.
1: Well, this is a hot topic throughout the United States. And, and in fact, uh, NBC had a report as recently as this week that I, I viewed about the conditions of, or the work conditions inside of a pharmacy. And, and, and the frankly, it's isolated to a lot of our, our bigger chains um, where there's not adequate staff uh, and adequate um, working conditions for safe health care to be delivered. Um, The pharmacists have, have, at the Board of Pharmacy, we've dealt with this issue for a while, and we've received comments and and received testimony from pharmacists that uh, are in in these situations where they may work a 13, 15-hour shift. They're not allowed a lunch break. They may not be allowed adequate bathroom breaks. Uh, they don't have enough support staff to do the job in what they consider a safe manner, um, and and uh, it's it seems that in some of these environments, it's all about the mass productions, uh, mass production of prescriptions, more than it is about adequate health care. And uh, remember, the board is here to protect the people of South Carolina to regulate the practice in a way uh, to enforce the the the. the, the Statutes that's been created by the General Assembly to protect the people of South Carolina. So, some of these pharmacists have come to us and said, "Hey, we're not able to work in a a safe manner." It's been a it's been a very difficult um, thing or a difficult discussion, and and this is again um, something that is a national issue because there's not a lot of latitude in the law for us to regulate how employers manage their businesses. And so, um, while we might want to enforce certain things, and uh, we're not able to, we don't have that legal uh, authority to do so. And and that's been difficult for some of the the professionals that uh, we license and permit to to understand it. Hey, while yes, we understand your plight, we understand you know your concerns, but we're not able to do a lot uh, in, in terms of helping you. I will tell you that we have kind of. Um, revamp some of our investigative pro, uh, processes so that uh, when a complaint comes in, that's one of the things that we do look at, how many prescriptions were filled that day, how many people were in, uh, involved in the, in the producing work that day, and um, making sure that if, if an error occurs because of workplace conditions, we will address that in, in the best way we can.
0: We've heard the term diversion or diversion of prescription medications. What does that exactly mean? and how is it come into play in the pharmacy environment?
1: Well, diversion is probably the number one um, issue that we deal with at the board of pharmacy and and, and diversion is just you know, taking prescription medications out of the pharmacy, whether it's for personal use, whether it's to sell on the street, uh, that includes both, controlled substances, uh, narcotics, or maybe non-control substances. Uh, you know, you, there's a, a significant diversion of um, lifestyle-type medications in a pharmacy, whether it be your Viagra, Cialis of the world, and, and they're sold on the street. Um, but the, the primary issue that we have in South Carolina, and I would, I would say. Every other state in the United States is the diversion of controlled substances, Um, um, prescription drug abuse. That's what it is. And so this can come in a lot of different forms. It can be from a pharmacist. It can be from a technician. And and technicians that work in a pharmacy are registered by the Board of Pharmacy. So we have some uh, authority over them uh, and, and their ability to continue to work in a pharmacy. Uh, but that's that's the issue that we deal with a uh, the most, and it's a significant issue. So I got to tell you, it's a heartbreaking issue in a lot of situations where a, a professional has basically ruined their career, ruined their life because of diverting uh, prescription medications. Um, yeah, we, while I want to be very compassionate to those individuals, we are here to protect the public of South Carolina. And, and the people of South Carolina. And so it's important uh, at, for me as a member of the Board of Pharmacy to make sure that we deal with those individuals who are involved in, in, in diversion in a manner to ensure the safety of, of the citizens of South Carolina. And, and uh, I'm proud to say that I think we do a good job with that. But um, unfortunately, it, diversion is a, is a huge issue, um, and uh, it's something that uh, the state has taken a deliberate effort to improve uh, from a, um, a number of different uh, both regulatory entities and just uh, agencies in the state have done a good job and I, I can say in the last five years we're making some some progress on this um, you know a- epidemic that we're involved with with prescription drug abuse here in South Carolina.
0: When there's a complaint lodged against a pharmacist help us understand the process of review with the board of examiners.
1: We are a complaint-driven board like uh, most of your other medical boards in, in South Carolina. We do have a – we're an anomaly uh, to some degree in that we also have a inspection process in, in, uh, within the Board of Pharmacy. And what I mean by that is we have inspectors that go into the facilities, and, and uh, they have an in, inspection uh, – I guess you'd call it a checklist, inspection sheet that they're going to go down. They're going to make sure that they're looking for certain things. Uh, to, to ensure that the, the pharmacy is practiced in a manner to be compliant with the law and, and most importantly, practice in a manner that uh, is safe for the people of South Carolina. So a complaint can come to us in a lot of different ways. It can come from the public, uh, and, and I can tell you that every complaint is is in, investigated, and, and, and that's po- important to remember. I can tell you one time early in my career I had a, a situation where an individual was, was – um, He was getting a prescription for some controlled drugs. He calls back and says, hey, I got this prescription yesterday. There's another pharmacist that was working. He said, they they did not give me the entire quantity. He said, I'm five tablets short. So I go through an internal investigation where I reviewed that the pharmacist had had double counted it, um, their inventory was correct, everything seemed to be in place. And I, I told the patient that it appears that, no, you did get the adequate amount or the right amount. And he says, well, I'm going to call the Board of Pharmacy and issue a complaint if you don't give me these five, five tablets. And, and so I did do that. Uh, well, well, I'm sorry, I, I didn't give him the tablets, but he, he did follow through and, and um, issue this complaint. And that simple complaint of those five tablets was investigated. And so every, everything that comes to the board in terms of complaint, is is investigated, and, and that can be from a you know the public, it can be from a, a, a another health care professional. Uh, there's a responsibility to for uh, liability insurance uh, companies. If if a claim is issued, they issue a complaint and notify the board of pharmacy, and that's investigated on the board uh, from the board. But a complaint can also come from our Uh, Our inspectors, when they go into a facility and with one of their routine inspections, if things are not being performed like they should, they can open up a complaint and then it's investigated. Uh, From there, the investigator uh, collects all the information and he has to present his findings to an investigation review committee. And this investigation review committee is made up of uh, professional members uh, that have served on the Board of Pharmacy in the past. They have some attorneys from the what I call the prosecution side of things within LLR. We have the administrator of the Board of Pharmacy, and they, they discuss the findings. They decide what path they, uh, that, that they want to take with this particular case, uh, and that can, that can take a couple different roads. Uh, one could be that there's some, some uh, guidelines that the Board of Pharmacy has issued, to the, to the IRC, the Investigation Review Committee, that they can say, okay, we recommend to the board that this case be dismissed because there's not uh, adequate evidence of, of, of this. And, and that's kind of what happened in the scenario I gave you earlier with those five tablets uh, and the complaint was issued against me. Um, or it could be that, hey, this is a pretty egregious offense. We need to send this to the board for a formal hearing where the complaint comes in and or respondent comes in And, um, there's a, it's it's pretty much a, a trial and, uh, the board then will issue a verdict in that case and any discipline that is, is warranted.
0: Dr. Livingston, you've done a wonderful job educating us to the legal and ethical considerations for your industry. We have frankly talked about where things can go astray, but talk to us for a moment about the industry as a whole. What is the level of quality and ethical care you see around our state?
1: Well, Rob, I'm, I'm, a guy that uh, is a glass half full kind of guy. I am always looking at at, at the positive, um, and and I can tell you that uh, our the the industry, the pharmacy industry, is a strong industry, and I think that uh, it's an industry that does a phenomenal job. There are always uh, some 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 bad apples, so to speak. There is some situations where errors occur, uh, and, and we're all human, and, and um, when when humans are involved, errors are going to occur. But um, overall, I am very, very proud of, of our profession. I'm particularly proud of profession during this COVID pandemic that we're in, involved with. And I've, I've said this several times from the chair seat of the Board of Pharmacy, in that our profession has risen to the occasion. Uh, you know, uh, Again, back to the beginning of the pandemic when businesses were closing, it was important that Pharmacies continue to do the work they do every day, both on the you know community retail side, the hospital side, and and they they did so they they rose to the occasion they came to work they took care of patients we didn't have any you know it, it, um, errors that were significant related to COVID um, they did a gr- great job and now as we transition into the the you know I'm hoping the end of this. And, and, and we're intricately involved in the mass vaccination efforts. And both our, our colleagues on the hospital side and the community side that are given uh, vaccines in the pharmacies, I think we're going to be, you know, the majority of Americans are going to get the vaccine in a pharmacy. And so uh, I'm, I'm proud of the work that's being done. I'm proud of the profession. I'm proud of the professionalism of uh, the the pharmacists that are out there and how they've risen to the occasion. And so, um, again, in in my mind, it's a strong industry. It's an industry that's on the uh, upside of things.
0: Thank you, Dr. Livingston, for educating us about the Board of Pharmacy and the strategies to help pharmacists provide the highest quality of care on an ongoing basis. And we want to thank Dr. Livingston for your time to speak with us today, and also Collins and Lacey Professional Liability Attorney Rob Peel for your questions. And for the latest news of interest to South Carolina businesses, join us right here for the next episode of The Legal Bench.
1: You've been listening to The Legal Bench from the South Carolina Defense firm Collins & Lacey. Learn more at CollinsAndLacey.com.